We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Tries to win it. Hang your wins. The Missouri Tigers and the Kansas Jayhawks. Welcome, everybody, to the Border War podcast on the Kansas City Sports Network. We're presented by 360 Vodka. I'm Jared Sutton, joined, as always, by the one, the only Jeff Hawkins <laughs> in his uh, – looks like a new living room, Jeff, really, for uh, yeah, our, no, our podcast, yeah. <laughs> man. Looking good. You got the piano in the background. Yeah, upgraded. I'll get some piano action in a little bit after the game. There you go. There you go. Oh, no uh, game now. No game now. Sorry. I, no game now. <laughs> no. We're jumping on here. We were about an hour and a half uh, to tip between Kansas and Colorado, that game canceled, uh, mutually agreed upon. So I think that's a good way to say it. I don't, I'm not sure yeah. who's dealing with what, but uh, game is canceled. So Kansas goes right into their holiday break. We'll still break down uh, their win after the Mizzou-Kansas game against Stephen F. Austin. Uh, lots to talk about with Missouri, too, heading For into this sure. podcast with a win uh, against Utah. They have bragging rights in St. Yeah. Louis tomorrow. Always a big rivalry game. Uh, did want to take a quick minute to uh, just thank Wayne and Larry's for hosting us in uh, in Lawrence. That was great, uh, great yeah, way to kick out off. Wayne and Larry's. That, that was great. We had a, a great show leading into uh, to the game that afternoon. It was a beautiful day in Lawrence, and uh, that was a great way to kick off the day. And uh, our surprise guest yeah. as well, and Keith Langford showing up, and uh, it really enjoyed that conversation. So thanks to Wayne and Larry's uh, for having us a couple weeks ago. If we we haven't had a podcast since then, so let's let's dive into it, Jeff. I know you were yeah. at Allen Fieldhouse. Uh, so many former players back, which was really cool to see. Uh, so I'll just open up to you of just like what it was back, what it was like to be back in, in Allen Fieldhouse. Yes, it was Missouri, uh, so the rivalry field, Kansas rolled. But yeah. uh, how was it to be around your your former teammates and uh, and right next to the, the bench uh, on Saturday a couple weeks ago? Yeah, it was it was cool, and obviously with COVID, didn't really have an opportunity to to get back in the field house like that. And obviously to be able to come in with the rival game being renewed with Missouri and be able to see former players and the house, uh, the field house being packed, you know, that was just a, a, a great experience. Normally when I'm out, even when I come see games, I'll be, I'll be the first one to tell people like, I don't play basketball no more. Like I hate playing basketball mm -hmm. and literally being there in that moment was like a weird moment. Cause like it made me, truly miss like playing basketball just with all the emotions the rivalry being back you know being in that atmosphere really made all those emotions come out so it was it was just really cool to be back and anytime you can be around the former players and reminisce on the old days and 
uh, talk about how the young, the, the, the current guys wouldn't be able to handle you uh, back in the day <laughs> is always fun to talk about. <laughs> Absolutely. Be, be able to share stories and not just games, but practices yeah. and all those in between <laughs> stories that you always have. So uh, that's great. And then, I mean, obviously the, the game in itself, you know, Kansas won that thing wire to wire. A couple plays that stick out. Christian Brown, uh, I thought, just took a hold of that game and, I think first three minutes that game was over. Yeah, uh, and he actually probably he, he had a swagger to him. Uh, I loved his post game comments too. You could tell this was a little bit different for him. Uh, yeah, his brother, brother yeah. having played, you know, at Missouri and Dewan Harris. You, yeah, you know, we talked about that going into it uh, a couple weeks ago. You know, I thought it was his game too, where he shot the ball really well and had a really good offensive day. And uh, I, th- I thought it was really good as well. Ochai was consistent as always. I'm sure good for Coach Self to play a lot of guys. Jalen Wilson yeah. uh, was able to play a lot of minutes there down the stretch. But uh, all in all, wire to wire, great win for for Kansas in terms of the rivalry and, and putting their stamp on uh, on the border war there, there for this first time out. Yeah, you know, you you know, good win, you know, really good win for Kansas. But you know. I'll talk about some of those points you hit as well, too. But I just think just overall, just great experience, not just for both teams, you know, being able to renew that rivalry. Obviously, you know, and you'll dive into this a little bit later, you know, Missouri coming off of a big win against Utah, leading up into a big rival, another rival game. So I just think the experience, you know, allowed both teams to grow from that. And again, that's why I'm excited again about this rivalry being kicked off again. And, you know, you mentioned CB and and Dewan, you know, both of those guys with Missouri ties. So I, th- I think, you know, that game really brought out a lot of emotions between the both of them, obviously, uh, Dewan being from that area, and you know CB having you know blood relatives that have you know blood, sweat, and and have you know have blood, sweat, and tears you know on those courts, and yeah. they know what it feels like to be a tiger. So a lot of emotions you know they played with, and uh, obviously that atmosphere was a great atmosphere to do that in. So you gotta you gotta you got you gotta respect the rivalry for you know by all means because it brought out obviously brought the best in CB and uh, Dewan for sure. And then you, you know, you fast forward from that game and Mitch Lightfoot, I thought gave him really good minutes. He ended up fouling out. Uh, yeah. And I, always, I I still call him prison Mitch. I don't know if Kansas fans <laughs> still do it, but I still think about prison Mitch every time he steps on the floor, but uh, you know, he gave him good minutes. And I, I think that's something that, you know, we've, we've hit on with KU right now, David McCormick, you know, I, when you go back to last season, David McCormick got off to such a slow start and then, boom, just kind of hit the gas in Big 12 play and was really good for Kansas to end the year last year. A little bit of a slow start this year as well for David. And it seems like, you know, Coach Self has really leaned on Mitch Lightfoot quite a bit early on in this year. You saw it in the Stephen yeah. F. Austin game where he played him 26 minutes. And Mitch is doing a, a good job. I mean, I, I think there's the trust there with Coach Self to put Mitch in the game knowing he's going to do his job. He knows the yeah. system. He's been there for forever. It's talked about enough. So he knows what's expected of him. Uh, and again, we've talked so much about roles. He embraces that role. But I think even when you look at the Stephen F. Austin game, it was great to see Jalen Wilson play 20 minutes yeah, uh, and score 10 points. Um, Mitch still played, you know, a, a good amount of minutes at the five. Um, is that something you're thinking about too, of just Kansas having to have that five man? It just seems like in Bill Self's offense, Every year, he wants to have a five-man that he can really throw the ball inside to to be productive, to kind of have a presence in that paint 
knowing yeah. that they're going to be guard heavy with Remy and with Ochai and with Christian, but they still have to have that inside presence. Yeah. You know, I think that's, uh, that's every coach's dream at the end of the day to be able to have that five that you can just throw the ball into. They can get easy buckets. You know, they can rebound around the rim, put backs, because even once you throw it to them, you know, Jared, you know, those big guys, if they're dominant down below, they attract attention. They attract double teams. They attract ex. They, they attract guys to be in a little bit more help than probably what they need to be just so they can be ready to react and rotate. So if you have a big that can obviously get buckets around the rim, it just spreads it out for those guards. And obviously me being a guard, I loved it when our bigs got doubled and teams had to rotate and they threw it out to me because I knew it was going to be a, a good a good look at, you know, an opportunity to, to score. So having a great inside presence presence really does a good job of allowing those guards to really be creative and and do some of the things that they're really good at. Yeah. Cause when you look at Kansas offense, you know, it's, it's not an isolation heavy offense. It's not a heavy pick and roll offense. It's based off ball movement and paint yeah. touches, right? High, low, you know, making sure you're working the ball in screening player movement, ball movement. It's what makes Kansas hard to guard. And it's also, you know, how, how, Bill does such a great job at Xing and owing it and, you know, those design sets, ATOs that he can play off of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's kind of a method to the madness really of that paint presence. And that five is, is really important to establish yeah. that uh, and having some level of production. And I, I just feel like coach self so far earlier in this year. And again, we're just going to track this Kansas team as we go through the year. I'm really interested to see how this works with David. And I hope he comes along strong yeah. You have Mitch there. Yeah, um, obviously I didn't mention Mitch. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And you have and you have Jalen, who I, I I still believe can be that at least rebounding presence. Yeah. You know, a guy that can go get you ten rebounds on a, on a given night for sure uh, when, when he's locked in. So it's a it's a one of those things where I think Coach Self is as any coach working through personnel, oh, working yeah. through <laughs> his minutes and his what rotations. he gets paid the big bucks for. That's right? right. That's exactly <laughs> right. And. And look, they, I think we saw it in the Stephen F. Austin game. I mean, Ochai yeah. played 39 minutes. Mm-hmm. Christian played 36. Remy played 35. I mean, those are heavy minutes. Um, yeah. Obviously, a close, closer game. Uh, probably the, the, the score shows a little bit indicative of that game that Kansas wins by eight. Um, but, you know, those minutes were pretty heavy. And I'm sure, you know, Coach Self would like to at least – get a little bit of a spell. Luckily they had the Missouri win where they could spell guys for those minutes. But yeah, um, that's what I think I'll be looking for too, is just those rotations and, and where Kansas goes at the five. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you hit it best. It's, it's tough for any coach and this is still kind of early, but it's, it's about that time where they're about to start really locking in that, that rotation. And, you know, you mentioned it earlier, coach self still trying to find that dominant presence. And obviously McCormick got into some foul trouble and only played, 10 minutes and uh you know didn't really get to produce that much so he had to to move to his bench and like you said Jalen Wilson stepped up this is a guy that they've been waiting to to gain some confidence oh I got some uh my ESPN stuff's going on I don't know if you guys could hear that but it was coming through my headphones <laughs> and I'm over I'm in Plainville it's and, your it's your producer yeah, in your ear I know that, uh, hitting you the one-liners yeah um so uh I mean Mitch Lightfoot's doing a really good job as well, too, coming in, stepping up. He's He just knows what to do. So that's obviously a plus when you have a player that just knows exactly what to do. Uh, geez, for some reason, can you hear this stuff? I'm sorry. I'm, like, going off air, but it keeps kicking to when no. I'm on ESPN and I look at stats. 
uh, yeah, it, all, it always it it always <laughs> does that. Right. I, I hate so I now I'll just I'll it. block it out and I'll just block it out next time. But um, obviously, you know, having that good bitch production helps out. Obviously, if you want to make deep runs down the down the stretch. Yep, and if you go back to that Missouri game, you know, kind of to tie in both those games and Kansas, unfortunately not playing tonight against Colorado. I was looking forward to that game. Yeah, uh, to, as a true good good road test for Kansas, good non-con road test. Uh, unfortunately, not having that game, and it's not going to be rescheduled, so Kansas got a long break. But if you look at their win against Missouri and their win against Stephen F. Austin, you know they're they're getting really good consistent play from Ochai and Christian. Yeah, that you can tell they're leaning on that. And Remy, it was good to see Remy score the ball. Um, I thought efficiently enough, right? Fifteen yeah. points. Uh, also, I thought distributed the ball pretty well. Had four assists. Um, so I think Remy coming along. So, you know, slowly each game, yes. but in the, in the Missouri game, I, I loved his intensity. I loved how, you know, he was more engaged defensively than he was offensively. Yeah. Um, and that's a, that's a really good sign. You can tell it's, it's clicking with him in terms of wanting to win and wanting to, yeah. you know, understand that he's in a totally different environment. We've hit on it many times, but Remy was, was good in that game and, and didn't, I didn't think he take it, took any bad shots uh, yeah. in that game. He, he had a couple isolation buckets that were good buckets. They were late in clock moments. Um, and again, I, I I told this to uh, Brady Morningstar. Actually, I said, look, if in in March you're you're going to have to have a guy at some point that you know late in that clock, close game can go yeah. attack and create. Yeah. And Remy yep. does have that. Uh, yeah. And you know he's got that like I don't want to say street ball and one mixtape type yeah, stuff, but no. he's got those. <laughs> he's got that shifty creativity, craftiness that, um, as you know, as a guard. But if he can get to that place though, Jeff, where he can be creative off the dribble, not just looking to score, yeah. but creative to, okay, there's Ochai in the corner. Yep. There's, there's Christian in the corner. Like Dewan Harris. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's where, you know, Dewan's probably good for Remy. Um, and man, I don't, Dewan just got such a maturity to him. That's, yeah, he does. I, there's a reason why <laughs> coach self loves that kid. No, no question about it. So yeah, Kansas, Kansas on a little break though, but um at 10 and one and, and playing, playing some good basketball right now, heading into to the Christmas break. Oh yeah. And I'll just touch real quick. So obviously we, we want to talk, we want to hear a little bit about what Missouri's going on and they got some, I mean, they got some, some good things to talk about, you know, obviously on the Missouri side as well too, but touching back with what you said with Dewan Harris and not only Dewan, but, but Remy, Remy's done a really good job, you know, hats off to Remy, He's kind of had to switch his whole game style, be adaptive, and just kind of be able to fit in with what Coach Self wants to do. And it, it was a little bit rocky, you know, for the first couple of games, but he's really adapted and he's been coachable. He's bought in. I think he and Coach Self have a good understanding of, of what Remy needs to do in order to make this team go. And, you know, obviously you can see against Stephen F. Austin, he had a he had a great opportunity. He had a big-time shot. That three that he hit late in the clock – was uh, what the Jayhawks needed. And you talk about a guy in March that will, that you need to be able to go get a bucket when you need to. I think Remy's, you know, putting himself in a position right now to be able to do that. And then piggybacking on what you said about Dewan Harris, if he can, they're kind of good for each other. I do agree with that because if Remy yep. can continue to, to take what Dewan Harris does to, to be the point guard, to set his teammates up, to get that, like you said, to create, it will only expand Remy's game because he's a scorer and it will really uh, make the offense of uh, the, the defensive teams really guess on what his, ne his next move is. So I think those two are continue to learn from each other. And I think Dewan needs to learn a little bit from Remy as well too. to go get, to, go get a couple shots, man, go, go shoot. 
Yeah, he had a that Missouri game. I mean, wide open shots. He yeah. got to take those. So I'm glad he did, and he shoots it well. I mean, he's a capable scorer. So that's uh, it's well said too from uh, from the former point guard himself, uh, Jeff, <laughs> Jeff Jeff Hawkins. Uh, <laughs> let's let's flip the script here. Let's talk about Missouri. Uh, yeah. You know, not a lot of positives to take away from the Kansas game. I actually the one positive I had was in the final four minutes. It was kind of mop up duty, and Konzo put in uh, Shonda Rogan, who's a freshman. And he actually looked, I thought, pretty good in terms of just looking like his athletic ability. He's bouncy. Uh, he's a strong guard. He's he's not being able to really crack minutes. Um, and so I, I thought he played pretty well at the end of the game. I also, Teron Brazil uh, went into the game, I thought, shot it pretty well. Uh, he's a freshman. He's, he's not going to be overly dynamic in terms of playmaking, putting the ball on the floor yet. But he's got great size. And look, Missouri needs three-point shooting, and Trevon in, in a short amount of time in three games is shooting forty percent from three. Yeah, um, a lot of those are spot-up opportunities. Uh, but this this Missouri team is so desperate for three-point shooting. We saw that in the Kansas game. They they uh, I, I thought Javon Pickett was by far Missouri's best player. It was unfortunate for Kobe Brown to get in early foul trouble. Yeah, um, you know, really was a non-factor in that game. And for Missouri to have any sort of chance to be competitive. Kobe Brown had to be on the floor and he, he just really wasn't for yeah. that first half. He's a Got difference a little, maker. He is. And you know, we you flip the script and, and you look at the Utah game and it says yeah. it all with 27 <laughs> yeah. points in 25 minutes and, you know, super efficient. He had nine rebounds in that game uh, was, was really good. Um, and I think this is what we're going to get used to seeing from Missouri. And it's, it's an adjustment that Conzo Martin had to make. Missouri could not keep playing, you know, same rotation, same start. They, they had to mix it up, right? You got to find something uh, yeah. when you really have no spark at all. I thought Missouri was so stagnant offensively. And I think it was because Kobe Brown was in foul trouble. And Kobe Brown's the only guy really on the roster that can go make a play or is going to go yeah. be aggressive. Um, I thought Javon Pickett did most of that um, in that first half against Kansas. He had a really good first half. But he was really the only guy that looked for a shot. I mean, they're running through the offense and they're passing the ball side to side. And no, take nothing away from Kansas defense. Kansas defense was really good, but Missouri just did not look really aggressive at all. And then when they did want to drive it, it was very easy to guard. Kansas help side defense and rotations were really good, and it's a lot of standing. And that's when Missouri is so bad, and Missouri couldn't get anything in transition. Utah, and it needs to be said for for context purposes, uh, Utah was yeah. without their ben, best player, Ben Carlson, um, who's their best scorer, best rebounder. So that's a big factor in the in the game. But for Missouri to score eighty points and score 51 or I believe 51 or 53 in the second half, you know, they've had these spurts yeah. where they have really good halves. Like they'll, they'll but you, you know, as you know, you can't have one great half and then have six consecutive halves where you shoot under 30% from the field or yeah. you shoot 10% from three, you're, you're going to get blown out. Um, but, but for Kobe Brown to put kind of his stamp on that Utah game, yeah. I think one of the things that Conzo is doing and what I just saw differently in the Utah game is, Look, put the ball in Kobe Brown's hand. And mm -hmm. if that means a guard is or a wing is going to guard him, put Kobe Brown on the block, run some action where he can get some back yeah. screens or something to get him <clears throat> some momentum to the to the block where he can get an angle because he's so strong. When he has any angle, he can finish pretty well through yeah. contact or get to the free throw line, which he's done a very good job. He's shooting a career high from the free throw line in terms of attempts and percentage. That's that's good offense. But then if, if you know, if, if a team wants to put a big on him, he can take it out on the perimeter and drive the ball, get downhill. Yeah. And that's what he did a lot of in that Utah game is drive the ball where this team is going to have to take another jump forward is to, to what we said about, you know, Remy Martin putting the ball on the floor, creating, trying to find passes. 
Kobe's going to have to put the ball on the floor and find shooters as well. And Missouri's going to have to make three point shots. And right now, Kobe, you know, Kobe's not used to being that. He's not used to being a playmaker. He's used to go, go going straight line, drive it, get to the rim, play aggressive. And he's got to look to score for this team. Yeah. But as you know, defenses are going to, teams are going to scout and they're going to put a guy in the gap and he's going to mm-hmm. drive the ball and there's not going to be any driving lane. He's not going to get an angle or he's going to get doubled and he's going to have to get the ball, give the ball up. And Missouri's still going to have to have other guys step up and yeah. make plays. And I, I think Amari Davis played well. He's been very up and down and very inconsistent. He was a non-factor in the KU game. Amari had 17 in the Utah game, had you know really good in the mid-range. Yeah, he did. He, he was solid in that game. Ronnie DeGray is another guy that, to me, Ronnie DeGray is like a poor man's Jalen Wilson for Missouri. You know, he can, mm. he can go get you 10 and 7. He can have yeah. a quiet night where you look up and he's got eight, nine rebounds. And he's not, you know, he's not going to get the game. Game's coming to him. And he, you know, he's not shooting the ball from three all that well, but he, he can make a three point shot. Yeah. You look up and you look up and down Missouri's roster, they don't have that. They have probably six guys that shoot it in the mid 20s from three, Kobe Brown being one of them. The majority of the roster shoots 25 to 26% from three outside of Trevon Brazil. That's got to change. And to me, that's a player thing. And we can talk yeah. about this. That's players getting in the gym, yeah. you know, getting shots up, making shots. It's a personal thing as well. It's also, a, a, I think it's a coaching conversation too. And you know coaches are going to be up at night figuring out how do we get guys in positions? How do we give guys confidence? How do we get make, make it easier on, our skill, on ourselves to score? And to me, that means a continuing to play in transition when you can. Yes. Um, and, and not just settling it in the half court walking the ball up. you got to play fast. They did that in the Utah game, uh, and it was a good win. Now we flip the script, and we talk about another rivalry in Illinois. Yeah. Uh, so bragging rights for Missouri is tomorrow. And uh, it's one of it's, Jeff, outside of the Kansas game, we've talked so much about the Mizzou-Kansas rivalry. It's There's nothing like it. You know, Illinois for me was kind of right there underneath that Kansas game. It was such an incredible uh, atmosphere in St. Louis. That line is split. It's orange. It's black. Yeah. Uh, at, you know, down in downtown St. Louis holiday season, everybody's in the holiday spirit. Uh, we had some absolute, you know, great games with Illinois and this game, this series has kind of been in spurts. Like when I got to Mizzou, we lost our freshman year to Illinois. And at that point, I believe it was something like Illinois had won eight straight in the rivalry. And then we pulled off three straight uh, to okay. follow to end my run. And then they won two more after that. And now Conzo's got them on a three-game series winning streak against Illinois, and one of those oh, wins was last be, year. This is gonna be oh yes, this oh, is gonna yeah. be nice. <laughs> it, it is, and, and Illinois, Illinois is a you know better better team. Tops of on, they got a better record. Um, they got guys that are back. Kofi Coburn, who's one of the better five men uh, in college basketball, probably one of the better players in the Big Ten. He's back. Uh, missed the first few games of the year. Andre Curvello's back. He's not played all that well. He's been banged up with injuries. He's a very good point guard. This Illinois team's without Io DeSumo. Uh, Io is was made everything go for Illinois last year, which is why they were so good. Io now with the Chicago Bulls, NBA player. Um, he was their closer. He was the guy that made things happen for them. And now Illinois, I think, is still trying to figure out who that guy is um, in terms of is it Trent Frazier? Is it Curbelo? Um, Alfonso Plummer, a transfer, has been really good for them. He's averaging 17 a game. Uh, the Davison uh, kid, it's uh, probably averaging like 13 to 14 a game. He's been very good shooting over 50% from three. Uh, he has been really good for Illinois as well. So it's going to be a fun matchup. Um, you know, I, I do expect Illinois to be the favorite, obviously, but you never know with these games. Yeah. And, and you know, these teams know each other really well. Um, it's I don't, a rival, I, man. It's, it's a rival. <laughs> you know how it is. 
and that, that environment will be good. Um, not in St. Louis. It'll be a fun one. And I mean, you mentioned it too. I mean, it's, you know, the rival renewed with, with KU, you know, some of those players are just, they're, they're learning. They're still learning about how that rival was. So they, you know, they haven't played in it. They've, these players have played in this game. So they know what it, they, they know what it feels like. They know uh, the emotions it takes to what it feels like. And, you know, it's always tough. Any team coming off of a win to me is a scary team. And I mean, you know, too, Jared, any team coming off of a loss too can be a scary team too, because exactly they're searching right. for that win. So that just goes you to show you that it's, it's anybody's game. And obviously I like what you talk about with, with Kobe Brown, you know, the ball's been put in his hands a lot more uh, to me. He's, I mean, he's six, eight, 255 260 i mean that's a that's a big frame and obviously uh getting guys to be able to knock down shots um uh that's going to be a big thing i mean degray i think he shot 37 percent last year from three so you know mm-hmm. you talked about guys they can do it you know and it's about i mean we you mentioned it briefly as well too is you know those guys have to get in the gym you know uh, the more you see it, I mean, that's to me, it is with any sport you do repetition, baseball, golf, whatever it may be, the more you see, the more you do it, the more you get that feel, the more confident you feel in any type of any, any type of moment. So uh, for guys that they're not shooting where they want to shoot, they want to be at a higher percentage. That means you just got to go put in the extra work, get in before practice, get in after practice. You know, that time when you can say, hey, I'm going to go hang out with some friends. No, I'm going to stay in and go to the gym and shoot for two or three hours. And I'm going to see that ball go in. So when I when I step up in, 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 a, in a prime time situation, I don't have to think about if it's going in or not. I just know I just got to let it touch my hands and shoot it. And I know it's going in. So you hope that, you know, uh, obviously with Kobe Brown attracting so much attention, that guys will continue to try to make themselves grow as far as getting in the extra reps because the opportunities are going to be there because Kobe Kobe Brown's a problem. He's a problem. Mm-hmm. There's another player, Jaron Coleman. I know we've talked about him before. He's missed some games. Uh, he was brought in as a guy that could make shots, that could stretch the defense. You know, he's a, a capable three-point shooter coming in. He's gotten off to a slow start too. You know, he's shooting 26% from three. Um, he's another guy that can make catch and shoot shots yeah. and they're going to need some of these guys. Mark Davis was brought in to, to make perimeter shots and, and to be, you know, relied upon guard. That's why he came here. And you know, it just feels like it's, it's taking them some time. Uh, and I think some of that is, is mental. I think there's some of that, yeah. that creep creeps in. I think it's also important to keep guys confident. Like mm-hmm. this is your roster. You yeah. know, this is who, this is all you got at the end of the day. And it's and look, we 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 talked about this on our, our last podcast. Like it's December. It's yeah. like you said, it's still early. You know, it's you're you're into the non-conference. You're, you see the league play right around the corner. Yeah. And so there still has to be a level of closing on non-conference on mm-hmm. on a positive yeah. and building and and learning from each game, win or loss. I think yep. this is with any team. Yep. You know, you you're not in league play yet, and like for Kansas and Missouri. Big 12 and SEC play is going to be a bear. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just looking at what the Big 12 is, there's some obviously Baylor and Iowa State. Yeah. Oklahoma's playing well. And, you know, obviously Texas and Texas Tech, those are always yeah. tough teams. And Chris Beard's still in the conference, just yeah. with a different team. I mean, yeah. it's going to be a bear. And then yeah. you, you look at the SEC, it's it's totally different, obviously, with Alabama and Arkansas in the mix. And 
you know, Tennessee's always in the mix. Kentucky's always in the mix. Florida's always in the mix. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there's a lot of teams. Start rattling off a lot of teams. It's competitive. And you you don't want to be embarrassed every night. That's going to be a long, long year. You got to find some some something. You and that's yeah. on players and coaches. You all you got, and you got to figure it out at the end of the yep. day. But there's still time to do that, and that's building game to game. Yep, you mentioned it. You know that that last phrase. You know, game by game, building on it. You know, early in the season, those are a lot of a key words that 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 you were talking about, and that's that's really all it is. It's early in the season. But again, you you want to make sure that you focus and you're doing the things that that you're supposed to be doing because last thing you want is embarrassment getting blown out. So, uh, but you know, I think Missouri, um, I think they're going to be in a good position, man. I, I like I like their eyes where they're sitting at right now. You know, guys aren't playing up to their capability right now. So the way you you know you got to look at it. What's the the positive in that negative situation? Uh, there's a lot of room to go up. So you know if if they're willing to put in a little bit more work um, and continue to grow, I mean obviously the sky can be the limit, literally. Yeah. So it's going to be fun to see you know how they run with this momentum. You know keep these games competitive, keep guys growing. Because I think Missouri, obviously, with Kobe Brown, man, they have something to work with with Kobe Brown. And if you get some shooters around him, get those guys some confidence, that's a scary team. Yeah. That's a scary and, team. And as you know, you know, when when you get into seeing box scores and you see those blowouts, there's tendency for that next team to overlook you. Oh, yeah. Right? And we've seen it before, and you come out flat, and you, you open the door for a team that's really struggled that, hey, you can give up one doing something like that. And it, it oh, happens. Yeah. It's what's, it's why in college basketball, what I love about college basketball is, you know, especially when you get into February and March, like you can look at paper and you can look yeah. at both teams yeah. and you can look at records and stats at the end of the day. Like it, it is decided on the floor. Like it's, yeah. <laughs> that's what it is. Like, you know, who you never know who you can catch know. fire, who can find that rhythm. I mean, it's what makes basketball such a, a fun, exciting game is, I just think there's some and, and obviously, you know, the coaching part of it and game planning strategy and all that goes into it. But you just never know. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why you take each game and, and there's pros and there's there's positives, but there's negatives and there's things to work on. That's yep. that's what that's with anything. Um, there is one thing we got to talk about before we we uh, exit here, and that is that Steph Curry broke the three point record. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And topped Ray Allen. And and about the, nobody, I don't feel anybody's going to get close to that thing. He's I don't still- think I was just, I mean, he, there's a chance if he plays as long as Ray Allen did, I mean, we're talking like 5,000 threes in a That's career. Crazy. I mean, you're, you're talking a number that is, I mean, and, and obviously it, it it's unfortunate. Clay Thompson has had, yeah. you know, these horrible injuries yep. and, you know, I don't think, I think that loss of time, uh, Clay's good. I think Clay's one of the best shooters of all time as well. I mean, I, he's that good, and that's what's so yeah. wild about both of them being on the same team. But I did want to talk just about Steph and mm-hmm. just he has changed the game, yeah, in a lot of ways. Um, I do think, given we're a basketball podcast and just this moment in time, I think it's not overlooked, you know, but it's just the fact that like Steph broke it, we knew it was going to happen, yeah, but just how quick he got to this number and beating Ray Allen and Reggie Miller's numbers. And he also went through his own injury problem where he, he you know, he missed quite a bit of time. Yeah. But um, having worked for the Santa Cruz Warriors years back with Mark Jackson, when he was head coach before Steph won the championships to see that guy work, to see how he brings so much joy to his craft 
unbelievable teammate, unbelievable leader, uh, humble in every way, um, willing to take criticism too, as a superstar, you know, willing to accept who we want. This guy coming out of, you know, out of Davidson had ankle issues. They didn't know if he could play point. They thought he was too small, might have turnover problems. Can he defend? I mean, this guy's had so many questions and, and Jeff, you've heard, you've heard this before, like, you know, I'm just a kid from, you know, Africa. Yeah, I'm, no, you know yeah, yeah. I was overlooked and doubted. I mean, Steph was, was overlooked. He was yeah, legitimately he was. overlooked. And to see him be the greatest shooter of all time, and I don't think it's mm-hmm. even a conversation. And to see, like, it's not just the shot making. It's the range. It's the volume. It's yeah. the consistency. I mean, it's unbelievable to watch him live, too. And if you're yeah. a basketball fan, you haven't seen him live. Do it. I mean, take your kids to go see him because it's unbelievable to watch that guy live. I mean, mean, you talked about, I mean, Steph Curry, yes, he is the GOAT. He he changed the game, and I wish I would have been playing in the era of Steph Curry because, I mean, I I loved everything he did. You know, he stretches it out, wasn't more so inside, outside, where you get to shoot that deep threes. You got guys shooting 10-plus threes in a game, which was a no-no back when I played. Yeah. Be, no, you better not shoot 10 threes. You better find a way to drive it to the hole or something. So, obviously, Steph changed the game from that standpoint, and I wish I would have had the opportunity. But you talk about his volume and scoring. You know, you talk about your Ray Allens and your Reggie Millers, who broke that record pretty much a lot to me, the way I fell off was a lot of catch and shoot, you know, and, you know, some off the dribble. But the way mm-hmm. Steph Curry does it, man, he does it coming off screens, off the dribble, off deep. I mean, half court. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Like he does it to me the best from catch and shoot, from a catch and shoot standpoint and coming off of the dribble. I mean, he has checked the boxes on every on every uh uh, issue that you can talk about with that concerns anywhere of shooting the basketball beyond beyond the three point line. He's just a fun guy to watch, and I mean, you mentioned I think that's something that you know uh, I got to make sure I get the the full family out and go watch and play because it's going to be one of those deals where I mean you can literally say I got to watch the greatest shooter of all time shoot in a game because yeah. every time he plays. He's going to give you something that – I mean, it's like Michael Jordan would give you something to, to wow you about. Like, wow, look at that. Did you see that? I mean, mm-hmm. Steph Curry is the same way. Whether he shoots – makes 10 threes in a row in a game or shoots one falling back off of one foot with his left hand. I mean, who knows? You never know <laughs> yeah. what's going to happen with Steph. And let's let's be clear, too. I mean, these are elite defenders yes. that are guarding Steph night in and night out. I yes. mean – the coaching and the game planning and like the, the strategy that goes into trying to stop yeah. Steph Curry. Yeah. Um, that's one part of this too, that I, I think fans don't take, I think nearly into consideration and yeah. not to harp on, I mean, the eighties and the nineties and the toughness and the grittiness of those, those games and you know, the bad boys of Detroit, you know, all these things. Yeah. I mean, the athleticism, the strength, the physicality, of the game is at is at an elite level and the defense of uh, game planning, strategizing, double teaming. I mean, everything you could think of. Steph's seen it all. And yeah. to still do what he's doing is unbelievable. I also want to shout out Draymond Green. Who yeah. Could be one of the best screeners and yes. a great, yeah, unbelievable passer. Best team player ever who gets ever. It. Yeah. I mean, that, that, he needs to be talked about a lot too. Because yeah, just does. the unselfishness that guy plays with just to get Steph, you know. And I think it was, I think Draymond is at, at the top of the list in terms of assists. 
Kevin Durant was in this list in terms mm-hmm. of assists to Steph. Um, yeah. But Draymond's got to be talked about as well. But um, I do think, too, when you think of superstars that, like, are great role models that have always done things the right way, yeah. that have, you know, continually, continually just raised the bar. Yeah. Like, Steph's in this conversation. For Giannis sure. is in this conversation. I think Patrick Mahomes here locally in Kansas City is in the yeah, same conversation, sure. man. Like, building teams and, you know, just how they – their presence, not just what they do with their skill and their talent, but how they really actually bring that team, like to have Steph win titles with, you know, Clay and KD and Draymond, you know, it's, it's fascinating, but then he also won one without KD yeah. too, you know, yeah. and like <laughs> personality's got a mesh. And I just, I think that is also a big thing I've always respected about Steph too. Yeah. Steph's Steph's the goat of shooting, man. He's yeah. earned it. He's earned it, dude. So fun to watch. Well, Jeff, this has been good, man. It's good to connect again. Always. And, uh, w- wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays. And I know Tucker That's Franklin, right. who's, who's running the operation. <laughs> That's right, playing the Christmas holiday piano. Uh, Merry Christmas, too, to, to all our listeners you as well. And I hope everybody has a, has a great holiday. And we'll look forward to talking more about Mizzou and Kansas as we inch closer and closer to, to conference play. So, Jeff, have a great holiday. Right, you, too. See you guys. Merry Christmas. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.